Today's a special treat for me. I know some of you usually don't see me. None of you see me on Wednesdays. Um, as part of my discernment, um, Reverend Kelly has allowed me the privilege of giving my first sermon to y'all today. So um, I'm like a little kid at Christmas. <laughs> I'm all excited. Um, so I can't imagine anybody else I would like to give my first sermon to. So thank you for listening. And forgive me if I go just a teensy bit long. Kevin can wave at me <laughs> and, and look at his watch. Um, just, uh, I might go a teeny bit long because I'm excited and, 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 well, there's lots of good stuff to say. So, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nina. Um, been with the parish about three years now, and I am working with Reverend Kelly for the discernment of the priesthood. And this is one of my steps in the process. In today's psalm reading, many of the psalms were written by King David, but in this particular psalm that we read, it was by Ethan the Ezraite. Um, Ethan was considered a wise man. In fact, when they, when they talk, when the Bible talks about Solomon, they quote back to, to different wise men, and they say Solomon was even a wiser man than um, Ethan was. So when Ethan wrote this psalm, we only read an excerpt of it. There's a, there's a whole bunch more in that psalm. But basically, the psalm starts in the beginning with him praising the Lord. And you know he was able to witness all of the different experiences and blessings that the Lord bestowed upon King David and the Israelites. And he saw, so in the beginning, it's like, I bless you, Lord. I thank you for your faithful love that endures forever. And, and then throughout the psalm, as the, the Israelites and as Solomon comes to the throne and how they move further and further away from the blessings of the Lord and following the Lord, it kind of gets melancholy towards the end where it says, you know, oh Lord, you promised us your faithful love. I know it's gonna endure forever. You know, when is the glory of the temple gonna come back? Because when, temple, when Solomon built the temple, it was spectacular. It was made with you know, all of the riches, and it was a sight to behold. And more importantly, when they dedicated the temple of the Lord, there was a huge glory cloud of the Lord that came in the presence of the Lord in the temple that surrounded the temple. And it was so powerful that even the priests couldn't minister. So it was the Lord's place was in that temple. Um, the Lord took many forms um, over the years. During the Old Testament times, he um, led the people in the wilderness by um, the, the pillar of the cloud or by a pillar of fire. Um, he went by Moses when Moses hid in the cleft of the rock. Um, but he was always known as being in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle as well as in the temples, behind the veil, hidden in the cloud of the incense. And behind the veil in the Holy of Holies, the most holiest place of the temple is that Solomon built and, and future temples, as well as in the tabernacle, was the most sacred place. And only the high priest, the one priest that was designated during the year, could, or Aaron in the beginning, could go into the Holy of Holies once a year. And that was on the Day of Atonement. And on the Day of Atonement, there were um, rigid restrictions about what the high priest had to do before he could even go into the presence of the Lord behind the veil in the Holy of Holies. They had to make sacrifices. They had to sacrifice a bull. They had to sacrifice a ram.
they had to bring the blood of those sacrifices into the Holy of Holies in the mercy seat before the Lord and, and, and pray to the Lord. And only at that time um, were the part of the sins forgiven. Does anybody know where the term scapegoat comes from? Put the sins on the mm -hmm. on the and chase you. Absolutely. So for after the, the blood of the bull was taken and the ram was taken into the Holy of Holies, then what the high priest would do was would lay all of the known um, and all of the sin of the tribe of Israel on the scapegoat, and then they would send that scapegoat, they said it was a phrase, they would send that scapegoat out into the wilderness away from the blessed areas. So that was how the tribes of Israel, their sins were forgiven, but it was only for each year. So every single year, the high priest had to go in, you know, perform the sacrifices, and, and go before the presence of the Lord to get the sins removed for the, for the Jewish people. Um, so during that time, um, when David was king, um, he decided, this was before, obviously before Solomon, because Solomon was um, King David's son, the son of David. Um, David went before the Lord and had a notion in himself. You know, David was one of, he was the warrior king that united the, the, the Israel, united the kingdom, kingdom into one, one area. And he said, you know, I have, you know, rested from all my wars and defeated all the enemies and you have given me peace and I have built, built a house for myself. I would, like a build, I would like to build a house for you. I live in this beautiful house of cedar, you're out of the tent. And um, the Lord, the way that it's read in the Bible, you know, it can be construed a couple of different ways. Like, you can't build a house for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm the Lord God. Who are you to build a house for me? You know, I like to read it as, you know, David had such an unbelievable relationship with the Lord. He was known as the man after the Lord's own heart. Um, I like to read it as or interpret it as, you're going to build a house for me. You know, you want to build a house for me. I, you know, I'm so touched. I'm going to build a house for you. I'm going to build a house for all succeeding generations. There will be a throne from your household that will last forever. And what the Lord is referring to is the prophetic of Jesus coming. You know, that, that was the prophecy of Jesus coming, the, the son that would have the eternal throne forever, the home that would last for eternity. And when you talk about, in the beginning of the psalm, the Lord's eternal love, from the beginning of time, he's had this master plan for his son to set up his throne forever and for the kingdom of God to be here among us forever. So that's why some of Jesus' nicknames are Son of David, Root of Jesse. It's a reference to the coming of Jesus and Jesus building the new covenant temple. Okay, so in the Old Testament, we had the old physical structure, the temple, with the Holy of Holies, where the Lord and his glory was, behind the veil, on the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. In the New, in the new Covenant, the New Testament, the new promise, that was a result of Jesus, we receive the new temple. And the new temple is us. We are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit resides in us. Okay, so the scripture for that. 
Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and you are a holy temple. And the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through the Spirit who lives in you. So the glory of the Lord that was in the old temple is now in each and every one of you. I think that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I think that's good news. So turn to your neighbor and say, hello, glory. <laughs> you are glorious. <laughs> when I was a little girl, my dad, you know, completely out of context, but not really. I'd wake up in the morning and one of the first things that my dad would say to me is, good morning, Glory, what's your story? And, you know, and, and now I think of it and I'm like, wow, you know, maybe he was had a little bit of prophetic going on there. <laughs> good morning, Glory. Each one of us carries the glory of the Lord. We're a holy temple. We are, you know, we are our own story. We're the, we're the living story of God, a testimony to him. You know, we are the ones that will bring forth the glory to others, tell the story of Jesus. You know, Jesus was the one that was responsible for building the new temple. When he was crucified, the veil was torn in two in the old, in the old temple. The barrier that used to separate us from God, the sin was wiped away. So it is because of Jesus that we are. And it was because of him that the glory is in the world amongst us, in us, for us and by us, by the grace of God in his mercy. So, um, what are you gonna do with that glory? What type of story do you have? What type of story are you gonna bring to those, of, those that you meet each day that haven't experienced the love and the majesty of God? How are you going to represent or be an ambassador to the kingdom of God in your daily life, in the people that you meet. So I pray in Jesus' name that you will be mighty ambassadors in the kingdom of God and share and shed his glory throughout the world. In Jesus' name. Amen.